0: Yes, thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Now, one of the best stories in recent memory came across my desk earlier this week when the huge global company named Puma connected with the very first Football Ferns 1975 team, the first time a New Zealand team went away. Well, first time they ever played was named. It was 1975, they went to the Asian Cup and they won it. They won the damn thing. Um, and they connected and got in touch with all of the original football ferns and they produced a video so these football ferns who now are in their sort of 60s 70s i'd imagine um came together and they were all handed a letter from puma and this is there was a video produced we're going to play the audio it's pretty damn cool dear sandra dear Marianne, dear
1: barbara it is with immense joy and gratitude that I welcome you to the Puma family. As the general manager of Puma Oceana, it is my honour to personally welcome you to the team. Wow. It is because of your sacrifice and determination that women's football in New Zealand has grown to what it is today. Ooh. <laughs> you fought against gender stereotypes. <laughs> societal norms and the recognition you deserved
0: your determination and bravery have not only made you pioneers in the history of New
1: Zealand football but also true champions of gender equality and women's empowerment
0: your journey wasn't easy from having to fundraise to using the headlights from your car to train at night you are. The
1: trailblazers who not only paved the way for today, but future generations of female footballers. And your enduring legacy will continue to inspire players for years to come. With deepest respect and admiration, Daniel Pancho Gustine, General Manager, Puma Oceania. Mm. Got a big lump in my throat. <laughs> Nice. That is really cool. Absolutely fantastic. Makes it feel warm and fuzzy, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's wonderful. Sort of a bit of a, yeah. Makes you stop and really sort of hit home, doesn't it? No. For, for about 40-odd years, that Asian Cup that we won was never even recognised. We weren't asking for, for the world, just, hey, guys, this is real, you did this. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's always been that we have felt that we were the pioneering women, you know, football in New Zealand, and we helped turn a corner, but we turned that corner and then it ended up being a dead end. And the fact we actually, against all, you know, adversities, we actually did our talking on the field and we brought that cup back. We put New Zealand football on the map. Football's such a fantastic game. It really, I loved, I loved it. I loved, you know, in a stadium, hard game. And I'd look around and I'd breathe in deeply because I could feel the energy of the crowd. And it was just like, this is my home. No, that's lovely. Do I get to keep it? You do get to keep it. Mm. I'll put that in the friend, shall I? Yeah, you <laughs> can certainly keep it. So this is nice. Do I get to keep you this? You get to keep that, yeah. Oh.
0: Yes, they get to keep the letters, and we get to keep telling the story. Well, I knew nothing about the story. I think it is a fantastic story, and they do not need to be forgotten. Um, And it is a real pleasure now. Uh, Barbara Cox, she was the captain. She's football for number one from way back in 1975. And it's a real pleasure chatting to you today, Barbara. No problem at all, Mark. Uh, 1975, the first football ferns team headed offshore. I've, I've intentionally done no research, Barbara. I want you to tell me right from stage one what women's football like looked like in New Zealand prior to this trip in 1975.
1: Right. Okay. So I have to go back a little bit in history. So women's football was played in New Zealand in the 1920s. So most of the major cities, Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch, did have teams, and there was a game between Wellington and Christchurch. And then for various reasons, but mostly based around um, notions of femininity, it all died. So then in the 60s, we had um, some of the National League clubs had their... um, friendly games um, prior, so the wives or girlfriends of the National League players, and it wasn't until in Wellington in 1972 that uh, women actually started playing in what we call organised football, organised competitive football, and then in 1973 uh, Auckland started, and we started with 10 teams. It became very, very popular, and within sort of the one year, um, Auckland numbers had doubled. And then in about the middle of 1975, um, it was actually the Auckland Association received a letter from uh, Hong Kong, or the Asian Women's Confederation, inviting us to the first um, Asian Cup. So um, with the efforts of the late Harry Dodds and the late Roy Cox, they set up uh, a New Zealand Women's Football Association. And the first job was obviously tasked with getting the players and raising the money to get there. And that's how the first team was formed.
0: So did you have like official New Zealand trials or did they just pick out of the best players that were available? How, how did you settle on the final squad?
1: The um, That was actually decided between Wellington and Auckland because at that stage it was those two associations that were already in existence. And, you know, obviously no money. It was a, a newly fledged um, organisation so the coach of um, Wellington which was the late Dave Farrington and and Roy um, picked the players between them so 8 came from Wellington and 7
0: came from Auckland So fundraising, how did you because it wasn't cheap um, it wasn't a regular thing, international travel back then and certainly not for a New Zealand women's football team how hard was it to, to raise the funds?
1: Um, if I remember, the government gave us $2,000, we all contributed $100 each, and then we went out and fundraised. Now, in Auckland, we had these little boxes, and we'd go down the streets and and ask people to, to donate, we did car washes, and then... Probably the worst thing we did was we went into pubs and shook our boxes and said twenty <laughs> cents a <laughs> oh, <that's-
0: laughs> so,
1: That is not perhaps a good idea to do these days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So you, you jump on a, you jump on your transport. You all get together as a group and you're off to the Asian Cup. Where was it played, Barbara?
1: In Hong Kong, in, on the island, um, in their national stadium.
0: Wow. That must have yeah. been just such a different thing for you, women.
1: Oh, <laughs> it was like, well, well, particularly, I don't think any of the players had had been to Hong Kong. Several of the players, um, like the Swiss sisters, Marilyn Marshall and Debbie Leonardis, and I think Cathy Hall had all represented New Zealand at softball. So that obviously... Um, been more exposed to international competition but for the rest of us it was completely a new experience and it was an amazing one
0: and and you won the bloody thing Barbara, I I know. was that beyond your wildest dreams? (laughs) Well I don't think anyone went
1: with any expectations that we'd been we would be that good and of course there's As the tournament progressed, and we obviously got more and more confident, um, yeah, the final game was really hard fought against Thailand, as was the semi-final against Australia. So yeah, you can imagine we were over the moon when we finally came off on that game and ran around the, the stadium with the trophy. and pelted the fruit and a few <laughs> cans <laughs> because I don't know people didn't realise that the, the Hong Kong people strongly gambled and they had all picked the Thai team to win <laughs> so when we won it they weren't happy.
0: Oh wow uh, you must have had some good players in your squad who got, who got better quite quickly during the tournament.
1: I think well we were probably um, quite athletic. Mm-hmm. We were definitely, I think, stronger physically than the other teams. Um, and it's, di- it's difficult to say. I think definitely the, the Malaysia, Hong Kong, and I think Singapore, they were definitely probably disadvantaged because they were smaller and less fit. Mm. But the Australians and us and Thailand, who evidently had trained together for six months before coming, and they were all from the local army, I think, either the army or the navy. So, um, and I think because we'd been playing for two years, it was the end of our season, so we were all quite match fit. And, um, yeah, I think, I think we we just went out and played. And we had a very good striker in, in Marilyn Marshall. I think she scored six goals in the tournament out of the games we played. And I think pro rata, that's one of the um, highest sort of goal scores for an individual.
0: So you returned to New Zealand with, with the Cup. What was the reception, if any, when you got back to New Zealand?
1: We had an excellent reception. We had television there, um, we had a, a media conference held actually in the airport. And the resulting publicity—that's what fueled the growth right around New Zealand.
0: Were well, you
1: con- so with
0: it Yeah. Yeah. Were well, you conscious that um, probably not immediately, but in the ensuing years that. What you'd done over there in Hong Kong really did open some doors and some interest, like both media participation, etc.?
1: I think between the 1975 result and the, the results in the 80s, which were um, we went to the uh, which was also organised by the Asian Women's Confederation, the World Invitational Tournaments in, in Taiwan. We did really well there, like getting um, second, fourth, and then second equal in the three tournaments we went to. But, you know, the whole... I mean, by that time, uh, women's football was termed the fastest-growing sport in New Zealand because nearly every province had their own women's football association. The schools now were all set up and, and had their competitions. So it was... a a very uh, the publicity all helped and of course it's a fabulous game for women to play mm. so yeah and then we had a national tournament where all the provinces came once a year to, to play um, it was a it was yeah it, and the I think everything got I mean I know when we held the national tournament in Auckland in 1980. I think it was. We had um, a press conference before we started which was very well attended. We, we got a lot of publicity, probably more than actually we've, the teams are getting now.
0: When, when you look back at that time and um, we, we played out before this interview the, the piece, the video that's gone worldwide oh, yeah. with, with the recognition from Puma. Yeah. Um, mm. What was your initial reaction to that? Did it take you back to the, those very early days that it put you where you are now? Just go through the emotions because you all were very emotional reading a yeah. simple letter.
1: Yeah. And, and, well, for me, it was a beautifully crafted letter because it actually encapsulated exactly um, the emotions that, that we all felt. And, I mean, joined with the fact we hadn't seen each other most of us for nearly 50 years. So that was emotional in itself. But I think it was because we got the initial um, reception and publicity when we arrived back. And then it was basically sort of like put on the back burner and nobody ever heard of it again. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why the players are, are, are most appreciative of what Puma has done because suddenly there's a worldwide company that's turned around and said, hey, this is a great story. Um, let's recognise these people as the, the originators, and that's what they call us, the, the originals, um, of women's football in both New Zealand and Australia.
0: And that's something that can't be taken away from any of you, no. wonderful woman, and the sacrifices and the and the doors and the windows you had to break down to get through there yeah. to go away and win your first international tournament. I just love the recognition that you're you're now getting. I think it's well overdue, but holy heck, yeah. it's better late than never, Barbara.
1: You know, when you look at it, and and this is why, you know, I'm really impressed with Puma because, you know, I think we're taking a bit of gamble. I mean, we're all in our sort of, I think we range from 68 to 70 age, and to sort of suddenly be termed a partner of such a prestigious company, I mean, it's it's so unusual and I think that also is what touches our hearts as well, that even though it's nearly 50 years, suddenly, you know, we're getting recognition and for the players, it's like, oh my God, this is just amazing.
0: Well, uh, football fern number one, Barbara Cox. It is richly deserved. It's overdue, but I'm so pleased that's happened um, to be recognised by Puma, and now recognised by New Zealand for for your sacrifice, your commitment, your achievement. Um, all those years ago, uh, it's no less important these days. And I'm assuming, I'm guaranteeing, you are so excited to have the FIFA Women's World Cup here, and you can just give yourselves a little pat on the shoulder that 50 years ago, or whatever it is, 48 years ago, um, someone had to get the ball rolling, and it was you guys. You should be very proud.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. That's a lovely compliment as well.